The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Fine podcast since 1867. Reconstruction era podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> to unlock bonus content and other cool things, check out patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to the Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to cover chapters 38 through 42 of The Shadow Rising, book four of the Wheel of Time. So previously, Rand got some totally sweet tattoos, but the Aiels still don't think he's cool. Uh, Egwene gets busted for violating curfew, and the wise ones decide to to kind of put together a plan to put a leash on Rand while Moraine's like, ha, good luck, my dudes. Avienda and Rand have a comical communication wire cross until it just stops being funny, and we meet a caravan of entirely normal and not creepy human peddlers. I mean, uh, you know, peddlers that are human, not people who peddle in humans, <laughs> uh, which would be creepy. Uh, also, entirely unrelated to those super not spooky peddlers, a bunch of Trollocs attack in the middle of the waste. 200 miles from where Trollocs are normally ever seen. It's probably fine. <laughs> okay, so here's my question. Speaking about Rand's tattoos, Rand, so everybody walks out of Ruidian with these awesome tattoos, yeah, right? Totally that just sweet. magically appear. Uh-huh. Here's the thing, though. Rand was in Ruidian for seven days, and he had very large periods of time when he was blacked out. Uh-huh. So how do we know there wasn't just like an Aiel tattoo artist <laughs> in Ruidian who just comes out and tattoos people and runs away when they like flash up, flash back to the present time? And you know, now that you mentioned, sometimes when people black out for seven days, they wake up with tattoos, and that's just like not a magic thing. It's just like and whatever crazy stuff they thought they saw when they were in their drug coma, they're just like. That's the memories of the past. <laughs> exactly. So, Ruidian tattoo artists, LLC. <laughs> so Rand just had a seven-day bender and came out with a tattoo, which happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is he, 20? Yeah. <laughs> so kind sense. of right on, yeah, right on there. Chapter 38, Hidden Faces, Icon of the Black Aja. So this is a kind of grab bag episode of various people doing evil and politics in Tanchico. I think it's meant to give us a an overview of the kind of mess that our team is about to get into here. It seems like a, I, I'm trying to think like Robert Jordan does this periodically where he just does like a, a collage of a place. Is it when he's in, it's not necessarily when he's introducing new places. Sometimes it's just when he's introducing events, but it, it is, it is kind of a thing he does. Yeah. We start with a map of Tanchico. The yes. best thing. Yeah. I love maps. Yeah, they've got a new a new map. Interestingly, like, one page into the chapter, so... You, I mean, you know. <laughs> you just kind of stumble across. Oh, okay, there it is. The only thing I recognized here was the Panarch's Palace, which Egwene visited uh, in Teleranriad, so that's exciting. Yeah. We know there's two leaders, the Panarch and the King, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then there's another circle on there called the Great Circle, which I don't even know what that is. Yeah. So, uh, again, then, that Shanshan sea captain that yeah, we knew we met her before yeah yeah mm-hmm. is now a spy in Tanchico and she's doing work for the the forerunners probably bad news for Tanchico yeah it's not good yeah but Tanchico seems like a great place to be a spy because it's really customary to wear masks to restaurants yeah everyone's wearing these veils all the time but you know I mean <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so she is, and she's buying um, Adam, which are those bracelets that the Soldam wear. She's buying them because, you know, to collect them, I guess, so they don't fall in the wrong hands. So yeah, it's little, not clear. Yeah, I was a little unclear on this. Was it that these are... I, okay, we, it's clear she's buying them, and she's buying them from shady characters. Now, are these shady characters finding them in people's collections? Like, these are just, like, artifacts that people have they didn't know what they are? Or are they... Finding and killing women who are wearing them, or who have escaped. I think they're—it's women who have escaped or died during the. I wish they wouldn't be wearing them because you couldn't escape if you were wearing it. But yeah, during that giant battle that occurred and all the chaos that happened when the the Shanshen were thrown back mm-hmm. by the heroes of legend. So I think there's just a bunch of them floating around. And she's looking for women too. We don't know who exactly she's looking for. Yeah. But she's put out some descriptions out there, and this is really dark. It looks like. Um, these people who are going out have found will find women who kind of match the description she gives, and bad things happen to them when it right. isn't the actual women. She yeah, wants. so it's got to be either the Black Aja or it's got to be Egwene and Nynaeve, Nynaeve and yeah. Elaine, right? That's what I first thought, but it could be the Black Aja, or could it also be um, maybe we don't know them yet, but women who had been. Domine and somehow have managed to escape from oh, it. Oh, that would make sense. Possibly. They're trying to recapture the Domine. Yeah. That would be a... I think that what's going on with her is she's... Is the High Lady Suroth is her boss and is desperately trying to cover up news of the Adam being able to control Suldam in addition to the Domine. Mm-hmm. Because they're also channelers. The idea is that... Because in this culture, all channelers are nasty and evil. So yeah. the, the, the big secret is that the people that are controlling the Domine are also channelers, which means that everyone's yeah. sort of... And she problem. seems to think that this, this secret might topple the entire empire of the Shanshan. Mm-hmm. Somehow their whole empire is built on controlling the women who can channel as Domine. It's certainly a cultural like touchstone of their, of their people, right? Like this idea that channelers are, 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 are subhuman. Yeah. So if a bunch of their citizens, a bunch of their soldom, are also channelers, that... It's definitely going to make some waves. I don't know about toppling their culture. But then again, a lot of their success depends on having channeling slaves, like, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's... And that's their culture they're... is very hierarchical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, and again, in his chapter, she's always thinking about, oh, this person ranks above me, this person ranks below me, and so on and so forth. So if, if that got overturned in even a small way, maybe it's like a house of cards? Yeah. Yeah. So she's kind of like the fixer slash a spy, right? Um, right. For whoever's going to... The Shan Chen who are about to come back yeah. at some point. We and, don't know when. And the question occurred to me, why her? She's a ship captain or something, right? Didn't I, she screw up in no. foam? I thought she, I thought she was, um, she was someone who was kind of on the, on the, on the ascension. Like she was like moving up the ranks and she was being considered for being in, in, taken into the blood or indoctrinated into the blood, whatever that, yeah. that was. She's the one that captured Bail Dolmon and brought him and his, uh, dark one seals that he collected mm-hmm. right, to the High Lord. The glossary says that she is a Shanshen ship's captain on detached duty, which I guess means spy and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Also, she has Florin Gelb, who's coming to her and bringing these um, I recognize Adam that name. and stuff. Who is that? I don't know. That name is so familiar. Are you sure we know him? I, I didn't think. We have met him before. But yeah, I couldn't place him. Yeah. Oh well. So she's doing politics, basically. You know who he is? Who? He was the he was one of the sailors for Bael Doman, but he was the dick that nobody liked. Oh yeah. 
the guy who got ostracized by everyone because he because Rand jumped on him. Yeah, and used right. the power to to undo the work that he had done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Because Robert Jordan can only have so many. Yeah, people. you know, we talked about this, but I'm getting a little annoyed at how few characters there are. Mm-hmm. Florin Gelb shows up. He was just some dude that worked on a ship. Yeah. And Bail Domon is everywhere in this chapter. Yeah. But we like Bail Domon. We like Bail Domon. He's one of my favorites. But there has got to be more ship captains than just him. No, right? he is the only captain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Egeanon is doing politics um, and, and acting as a spy. We also get a check-in with Jayachim Keridan, the real jerk white cloak who mm-hmm. is also a dark friend. And he's also doing politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> he's... His family, just as promised, is being killed one by one by, by mysterious forces. Because... I mean, that's not that mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mere drawl. And, and like, yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, one of them was like dragged away from her wedding by a mere drawl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mysteriously. <laughs> Another one was skinned alive in his own bedchamber. I almost feel bad for him. Because mm-hmm. they, give him, they give him an order that he can't possibly fulfill, which is to find Rand and kill him. Yep. Rand is not even in this country anymore. Hasn't been in months. That's true. And he has no way of knowing that. And so he's trying to do his job, and his family is dying for it, and he can't possibly succeed. Well, what's interesting is, okay, so we know some information now that makes this a little bit more complicated. So he wasn't commanded by the Dark One, who is commanded by Balsman. That's right. And Balsman is dead, sort of, right now, right? Like, he's... he's Yeah, he's dead-ish. Dead-ish. So (laughs) he... he, uh, so he's in this situation where he's like, I haven't heard anything for two months. It's because the guy's dead, right? The guy who was like, he was reporting to is... Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. He's That's missing right. action. So yeah, like, he's that, like... That person got backstabbed by Maureen. Yeah, he's like, oh, man. No, no, that was someone else. Wasn't it? No, you're right. That was someone else. Because he got killed by Rand. Yeah. So, so he's worried because he thinks someone's going to be popping up sometime to kill him. Because he's like, I have more family. They're not, they're not dying. They must be coming after me. But it's really just like the person who he thought was the Dark Lord is just out <laughs> yeah he's out of office right now yeah that's when i lost any sympathy for him when he's when he's throwing his other family under the bus yeah that happens because he plays a bunch of politics with the the king of Tenchico and a bunch of lords or whatever right who need his white cloaks to fight for them mm-hmm. but then when he goes back to his house leandrin is there who tortures him because that's what she does yeah and she wants him to find Rand or something. No, she just she just gives him some arbitrary orders. No, mm-hmm. she's she's wanting him to take the Panarch's palace. Yeah. And hold it for them. Right, yeah. And but she isn't there to kill Rand. She's working for somebody else. Right. And he's like dark You're here to kill me. You're here to kill Rand. Wait, what are you here for? <laughs> like, Another reason. Unrelated to that. You don't have to torture me for this, right? I'm on board. <laughs> Yeah, she has a whole, like, you're my dog thing, which is, like, a little weird, but, you know, it's what she's into. That's fine. It's been done before. The Shanchen did that. They named people, one of the Shanchen named, I think it was Egwene, after uh, her favorite kitten. Yeah. 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 Uh, This is yet another page in the the chronicle of how much it sucks to be a dark friend. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It, Just I mean, like passed around to whoever's currently got power, I guess. Yeah, his family's being killed. Uh, he's under a whole lot of stress, and now he gets beat up by an Aes Sedai, and he's just a pawn. It sucks. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting. So during this this exchange, he's like, "Oh, a woman who can channel. How disgusting." He's like a dark friend. Like, does it? I mean, like, mm-hmm. I have a little bit of trouble with that part. Like, he's. I mean, I get it. He's a white cloak. White cloaks hate Aes Sedai. But you know what White Cloaks also really hate? 
<laughs> is Dark Friends. And that's definitely what he is. So I'm just it's, like, I wonder how he like... It's true. The justification they almost always give for hating the Aes Sedai is they're all Dark Friends. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, you know, like, I, I'm having a little trouble understanding why he still hates Aes Sedai, no, that, especially Black Aja. That makes sense to me, because you... You know, people act the way they act mostly out of instinct, you know? He's bigoted yeah. against Aes Sedai. He would tell you it's because they're Black Aja, but actually it's just because he likes hating them. Yeah, I guess you're probably right. Though this person is clearly on his team, I, I, you know, if, any, if anyone is, right? Mm-hmm. Except that she tortures him and, and gives him orders and makes him do things for her. He's a dark friend. That's just like, <laughs> it's just like Monday. Another day on the job, yeah. yeah. So we cut to Leandrin, who goes back to the... Uh, sorority house where she's staying with all the other Black Aja. <laughs> Kappa Kappa Aja. <laughs> we have like a little parade of our least likable characters going right now, don't we? Like we went from like the, the what's his name, the Geld dude to yeah. our, you know, our shitty like dark friend white cloak. Now we have Leandra and these people who all kind of suck. Yeah, right? They're all just sort of doing evil in Tanchico. Yeah. I guess Tanchico's not a good place to be. Now I'm, I'm starting to understand why everyone was like, if you're going to Tanchico, don't go to Tanchico. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So they, they're plotting for a while, and they eh, nothing really useful comes out of this. They, they want to take over the Panarch's palace because there's something there that they want to use to control Rand. Mm-hmm. Right. This is, which is the thing that uh, they, tor- they tortured. No, they didn't torture. The, the, the information they got out of their, the Black Aja that they had captured in Tyr. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's in the Panarch's palace. Yeah. But it is cool because we get a little bit of description about the different Black Aja who are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also there's a mysterious housekeeper, mm-hmm. which is very weird. Um, Leandrin is already ticked off at her because she thinks she isn't showing the proper respect. But then she, uh, Leandrin is talking about things like Balefire and controlling the Dragon Reborn. Then she looks over and there's the servant again. So <laughs> Right, just sort of who, hanging out. Yeah, so who knows what's up with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she definitely seems to be more than, than what she seems. But I guess all of them are, right? Yeah, I, I kind of like the, their quick descriptions of all the different Aes Sedai who are still kind of... They're acting like they're from the original Ajas, but just mm-hmm. in an evil way. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, the, the br- this brown Aja person who always takes in stray cats would be really pissed off if she found out this other brown Aja person was the one that is making them disappear. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think Robert Jordan does a really nice job. This chapter felt very tense to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because it is just jumping from nasty person to nasty person. <laughs> But I, you definitely get a sense of foreboding about being in Tanchico. We haven't even seen what our main heroes are doing yet, but it's not going to be anything good. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to again and again, who meets with a seeker, which I don't think we know what that is yet. I don't but think we've heard of that before. No. He's some kind of tattooed slave of the Empress, and but he, he's a really high prestige slave who like he has the voice of the empress or something yeah he seems to be a little bit like an inquisitor of sorts like he's 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 got some sort of uh investigation job that to do to accomplish that job he can do whatever he needs to yeah even though he's a slave yeah well he's kind of plenty potentiary oh i just word. wanted to use that word it's such <laughs> nice. a good word yeah but he does kind of he does get to speak for he does, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's like, he's a slave, but he has power because of who he's the slave of or yeah. something. Yeah, and he has power over Aganen, too. She's not allowed to question him or yeah. disregard him. Though she does consider killing him. Yeah, she thinks sure. about it. And we learn that Aganen is having some free thoughts. 
mm-hmm. because she's found out about the dangerous thoughts, the Adam and the the Suldam. She's got one in her basement. Mm-hmm. So I wonder where that's going to go. Yeah, that's it's interesting. I also want to point out something from the the Black Azure conversation that I thought was interesting. Uh, they know what's going on with the Forsaken, like they know that there's this turmoil happening and that they're kind of that they are a little bit adrift because mm-hmm. I guess they they. I guess they must have known that Balzaman wasn't the Dark One. I don't, maybe, maybe they know it now that he's dead. Or yeah. maybe the other Forsaken have shown up to, to tell him all about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy wasn't the Dark One. It's, inter- it's interesting that, that they maintain their faith despite all of this, like, chaos. But maybe that's just part of the course for Dark Runes. It's mm-hmm. interesting, too, and maybe just because it follows so closely on the heels of the Rudian chapters, but we get, in the Shan Chen, we get another story about a very fixed culture that has this very set history and this very set way of life finding out these devastating secrets that go to the very core of what their culture is about. We had mm-hmm. the Aiel, and now we have the Shan Chen and the Chimeling yeah, women. All happening at the same time as, uh, as the Dragon Reborn. Mm-hmm. So chapter 39, a cup of wine, icon of the loot. Uh, Elaine and Nynaeve land in Tanchico. And they've got Tom and Julian with them, and they kind of head off into the city. And they meet Bail Domon immediately on the docks because he's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they're our favorite slash the only named sea captain. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's this kind of annoying dominance struggle between Elaine and Nynaeve and Tom and Julian. Mm-hmm. They accuse who, them of incompetence, I guess. I I guess. I guess Tom and Julian are being somewhat condescending to them, but it's because they really don't know what they're doing. I was going to say, like, to be fair, has Nynaeve's detective agency actually done anything... Have they had, have they had much real success in anything they've been trying to accomplish? They kind of stumble around and they, they definitely fuck shit up, but they're not really <laughs> great at, like, keeping secrets or, they like... They aren't at all. Investigating, no. like... They, what, what they do is walk into traps over and over that's again. That's exactly what I was thinking, is, like... They're kind of right, right? I mean... Yeah. Like, we saw... They're right to worry about these people. Ganon, who is a badass warrior woman, travels with ten guards in the city. You right. Know? Leandrin, who is Black Aja wizard woman, travels with ten guards in the city, and their plan was just to get off the boat and start asking questions? I, I, again, everyone who, who, who heard they were being sent to Tanchico was like, that's a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. You're going to get knifed there. <laughs> yeah. And sure enough, if it had been up to them, they would have probably gotten knifed in like five minutes. Right, yeah. And, it, and, but the, and Tom and Julian are trying to like prevent them from getting knifed, and they just treat them like crap. Pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah. And their last, and their last uh, run with the Black Aja was when they walked into the trap that they knew was a trap, as opposed to the time before that when they walked into the trap that they didn't know was a trap, even though everybody else knew it was but, a yeah, trap. They, they should have known that was yes. a trap. <laughs> that is definitely probably a trap. <laughs> And yeah. of course, when they meet Beldoma, Nynaeve leads with, so we're hunting the Black Aja. <laughs> yeah, she does. Oh my God. She this tells is why, everybody. This is why. This is why people give her shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? This is not a good idea. You don't know this guy that well. All you know is that he didn't help you in fall. <laughs> I know. I forgot about that. Like, I, I, like, in my memory, I was like, yeah, he was being really honorable. He's like, no, we have to wait for them. But he still left. Yeah, but they, they weren't there for that part. Yeah, they just know right. he left. That's right. right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they head to an inn that Bail Dalman recommends because mm-hmm. they trust this guy completely now. Luckily, I guess. I the don't know. Three Plum Court. <laughs> and, uh. It, <laughs> wait, what's that? <laughs> That's the title of my sex tape. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Uh, mine's shock and awe. <laughs> shock and awe. <laughs> That's right. So they, yeah, they check in at the inn, and Tom and Julian immediately start being useful. But Tom is, starts talking about the political situation, which we know he's a master of doing politics, and Julian starts checking out the seedier sides of the city, because we know he's a master of tracking people in, through crime-ridden dens. And um, this seems like useful to have these two guys, but Egwene and Nynaeve don't at this point seem to grasp the extent of the problem that they have to solve. Uh-huh. Their plan is literally to ask the first person they meet where the Black Aja is. <laughs> <laughs> what is like, their... hey, you know a lot of people. Can you find out where the Black Aja are? <laughs> That's their plan. Yeah. It's gotten to the point where I'm wondering if Moraine and Swan, to a certain extent, are just sending them into the lion's den. Just... Like maybe they're to be killed. Yeah, I mean, they are killed. sending them into the lion's den, but yeah, but they keep not getting killed. <laughs> so far, so good. But that means they can use them again, right? I'm just saying, if Robert Jordan made that into a huge plot twist that it turned out that Moraine was trying to get them killed, it would not be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it would make sense with what we know of these people. Uh, and so while uh, Julian is out uh, scouring the city. Elaine gets super drunk. Yeah, she's like slumming it with the normies and just gets white girl wasted. <laughs> like, I just had one glass of wine. I don't know what you're talking about. That's a really good impression of white girl wasted. Thank I like you. that. Yeah. yeah. So she, because she's super drunk, which I guess gives you a mentality like that of a toddler, she finally remembers who Tom is. Knew she last knew when she was Start pulling his mustaches. That is such a lame plot device. You get super drunk and then you remember something. Yeah. It's really the opposite of that. That really doesn't work that way. <laughs> it doesn't. No. Because she remembers that Tom is her mother's lover. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And she's really upset about that, which she kind of needs to take a chill pill on. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, she's like, oh, Mor- Morghese is like Berylin, or not that different from Berylin or something like that. And Tom's like... Fuck you, dude. Yeah, yeah right? got a little bit of projecting going on I there, mean, I think. list the relationships he's had, there's been four. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Slut. <laughs> right. Stupid. Mm-hmm. So after this embarrassing drunk scene where Tom basically says, you gotta go, you gotta go to bed. And she cries on him, too. She cries on him. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so this is, this is, this is, I, And Tom, I've Tom been... worked all night, right? In the tavern, uh-huh. right? And he's gotta deal with this drunk person. Oh, I have God. had this experience. I'm just like, go to fucking bed, man. Come on. I'm tired. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not tired. I'm fine. Just go to bed. <laughs> Please go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> and so she goes back to, uh, her room with Nynaeve, and Nynaeve <laughs> is going to use the dream ring. Yeah, Nynaeve just... I, look, she... Okay, if your friend comes home drunk, you don't try and drown him, all right? Like... <laughs> yeah, what's... what's <laughs> what the fuck is this? She's like, oh, hey, let me show you this bucket of water. Bam! Like, starts waterboarding her, basically. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. So, you know, public service, service announcement from the Dragon Reread, don't try and drown your friends if they're drunk, guys. Yeah, right? I mean, it may startle them. But being immersed in water does not make you less drunk. And it breaks the girl code, too. When your friend is drunk, you watch over her and you hold her hair back when she vomits. Mm-hmm. You don't That's try what you do. Her. You don't try and drown her. That is not in the girl code. Yeah. <laughs> when your friend is leaning over the toilet, do you A, hold back her hair, B, make sure she you know has a water drink, C, dunk her head in the toilet. <laughs> there, I fixed it. You're not drunk anymore, right? <laughs> fucking naive, man. Yeah. But yeah, so Nynaeve now says, okay, you're fixed now. You're not drunk anymore because I half-drowned you. So now sit there on that stool and watch over me as I, as I dream with a capital D. <laughs> yeah, and Elaine's like, yeah, sure, I'm going to 
I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not drunk anymore. Yes, and I need dreams with the ring. And she doesn't find out anything really useful. She accidentally goes to Ruridian and sees a man in the dream world trying to get through the fog wall. Yeah. Hmm, that's Interesting. weird. Then she... Yeah, then Birgit shows up again. <laughs> okay, so last time we met her, she was like, I really shouldn't be here. Is she just going to like pop up every time someone in the dream world now? Look, I really shouldn't be doing this, but, you know, hey. You're, you're going to find out that there's been stories told. Like, that's one of the stories of Birgit, that she shows up in dreams and says, I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> Look, I really years. shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, Birgit warns her away, and so she accidentally goes to Emmons Field and sees a man that looks just like Lan, but he tries to shoot her. And, uh, but, and she jumps hmm. away. Who are some other mysterious people in Emmons Field right now? Yeah, unknown people. Yeah. All kinds of Trollocs uh-huh. and all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, who could that be? Don't know. No idea. So yeah, she escapes and wakes up after almost nearly getting killed and not accomplishing anything. Seems pretty useless to me. Yeah. Can I say it's really weird how Robert Jordan always says that she has Lan's ring between her breasts? Uh-huh. Like if somebody's wearing a necklace, you just say she wears it around her neck, right? Yeah. Why does it have to say he wears it between her breasts? You know why? It's because Nynaeve's breasts are distractingly large. <laughs> yeah, it's the kind of like physical hazard that we need, we as readers need to know <laughs> where they are at any given moment. <laughs> That, that's the only thing that explains how everybody else we're, is reacting. We're reading a really tense scene. Ah, it's her breasts. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I need to start catching breasts. That's probably why that guy in the dream shot at her. He's like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> he loosed an arrow without thinking. So she wakes up, and uh, Elaine, of course, is incredibly hungover, because I guess she's never been drunk before. And they regroup, and Juelin has made some progress, mm-hmm. and they give him a bunch of shit about it, <laughs> naturally. And Tom has a plan, and uh, they sit down and, and begin their, their search in earnest in Tanchico. And they get disguises or something, right? Yeah, Nynaeve hints that they're going to get some disguises. Yeah. Chapter 40, Hunter of Trollocs, with an icon of Trollocs. <laughs> so, in this chapter, Hunter of Trollocs, we find that Perrin, whose plan had reached the Hunt Trollocs phase, has hunted some Trollocs. <laughs> Like he's, he's a guy who you just know what he's up to, you know? He's very, yeah. he's very straightforward. He's really reliable. I, I like that about him. It's really sad, though, the way it starts. He's sitting there looking at all of his family's graves. Yeah, all yeah. of his family. Even ones back 300 years, they're mm-hmm. all buried here. But a bunch of the graves are fresh. So yeah. I, I was... It's funny, because I remember when we first started the series, remembering that Perrin was one of my favorite characters. And up until this point, I was like, I cannot remember why I like this guy. And now I'm like, oh, okay, now he's like a badass. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the parent that I remember liking. It's like, oh, he's this guy. He's just like, I've got to do this thing. I'm just going to do the thing. I'm going to just like, kill these Trollocs. He has know? conviction, and he follows through, which is not something we always see. Yeah. yeah. And uh, his, it's, his little band of, of farm boys is turning... Fan boys, you mean? <laughs> Fan boys, yeah. <laughs> They've turned into a pretty respectable guerrilla group. Yeah. They've mm-hmm. killed at least two Trolloc bands. Uh, while they were sleeping, yeah, because that's how we do things in Emmonsville. I mean, you can't argue with results, right? <laughs> that's true. Snake up on him, fill him with arrows, promise all. And solved. everybody's calling him Perrin Golden Eyes now. That's yeah. a great name. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Perrin Golden Eyes, Hunter of Trollocs. And a lot of <laughs> nice. them are trying to emulate him by not shaving, growing up beards, <laughs> growing beards as well as they can. Yeah, mm-hmm. super cool. But meanwhile, Lord Luke's still hanging around. This guy yeah. still sucks. He's awful. Fael and, and Luke come and catch up with them and meet with them at the farm. And uh, they tell him that all the people are gathering at Emmons Field, not just the ones that Perrin talked to. 
Like the word has gotten around that Perrin Goldeneyes wants them all to, to join up at Emmons Field. Such a good name. Yeah, it's really cool. Wait, this was before the James Bond movie, right? Goldeneye? Yeah. I want to say yes. Okay. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> it's like, I wonder if you heard that. He's like, that's a good name. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was Perrin Yellow Corneas. <laughs> scratch, 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 scratch. Hold the presses. <laughs> Got a better one. <laughs> Later on, Perrin Moonraker. No, wait. <laughs> Perrin Doctor No. <laughs> so uh, Lord Luke comes and and all of Perrin's like uh, fanboys. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're they're fanboys of Lord Luke too. And he tries to talk them into going back to Emmons Field. And they're kind of on. They're kind they're, of like they're on, on board because yeah. they respect him. But Perrin's like, no, screw that. You can go if you want, but I'm hunting Trollocs. <laughs> And they get some news to go fight some more Trollocs. It was probably good timing, because it seems like that was kind of like a... They were on the fence, then then Gaul shows up. It's like, hey, we got some Trollocs. I'm like, all right, well, yeah. let's go. Yeah, and uh, there's a line that I like as, uh, as they're riding away. Phyle <laughs> uh, is like, you don't trust him, do you? And he says, I trust you and my bow and my axe. <laughs> I, I That's, a good, That's a good line. That's a good line. Perrin coming with his badass one-liners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's been learning from Lan. That's like automatic lady boner right there. That's good material. <laughs> yeah, she's like, swing. <laughs> <laughs> but sadly, they get ambushed by Trollocs instead. Heavy casualties. I guess they haven't had any casualties up to this point. They haven't. I guess they haven't ha- had any occasion to. Because like you said, they've been coming up on them at night and killing them in their sleep. So yeah. this is the first time they've had a, like, a real engagement. And they're ambushed. This is actually an interesting fight scene because a lot of the fight scenes we've read up until now are fun, you know? Yeah. And this one is not. But it, not because it's badly written, because it's like it's it's desperate and it's like grim, this this thing that's happening, you know? Yeah, they're they're in the forest and they know that the Trollocs are in the wrong place or coming at him from behind, but Perrin can't see anybody else, right? Yeah. He doesn't know what's going on. He's just like dealing with his own stuff, uh, chopping some Trollocs up into kibble. Right. But uh, he gets shot during this scene with a giant Trolloc arrow, thumb thick. Which is bad news because Trollocs put all kinds of literal shit on their arrows. Right, and, they poop you know. on it and shoot mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. <laughs> the whole poop and shoot, as we call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's a disaster. They lose like 20 people or something, which is a lot. 27, for I think. Yes. Yeah, like a whole bunch. Um, and they stagger off uh, away from the battlefield. Perrin manages to rally them all together to... You know, not get cleaned up by the Trollocs. And do we know why Gaul screwed up and gave them the wrong intel? We well, there's don't, two things I noted here. Because, yeah, one... Well, the first thing is that Gaul doesn't normally screw up. No. The, the first thing is that Lord Luke heard them saying they were going yep. to fight Trollocs. That's what I was thinking. And the second thing is, right before Perrin's about to die, Yvonne shows up. Yep. And saves them. Right. Who's Alana's warder. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And we, we are suspicious of Alana because she's been... We are suspicious of Alana. And adding on, I'm starting to wonder more and more about Lord Luke because it also says that he has wolf-embroidered gauntlets, mm-hmm. which is definitely the, the, what is it, the Chekhov's gun? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. why is it that way? Mm-hmm. might mean something. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's going to have to mean something. And yeah. Perrin says he smells cold, like, to, like he's totally apart from all humans. So mm-hmm. he's probably a wolf. So I, yeah, my takeaway is either Luke or Yvonne... Screwed them on this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Perrin just hasn't figured it out yet. Yeah. Yes. I think you're right. But they, they're staggering away, and they hear some music coming through with the forest. Chapter 41, Among the Tuatha'an. The icon of the Avendasora leaf. Tinkers! Yeah! I love these guys. It's actually the same Tinkers. It's Ryan and Ela. Mm-hmm. The same ones that Perrin stayed with, with Egwene. 
Tartarin. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, of course, the, the traveling folk take them in, because that's what they do. And this is, this is interesting. So we know why this is now, but I think this is the first time we've seen Aiel and Tinkers interact with one another. Yeah. And they have this immediate, like, like adverse reaction to the Tinkers. Yeah, Aiel, Aiel won't go anywhere near them, and they try and talk to other people into not doing it also. Yeah, they call them lost ones. And, and now we know why. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, because the Aiel probably don't know why. Like, they don't, I don't know if they have any... They just know that the lost ones are bad. I don't know how much they actually know about it. Yeah. Obviously the um, obviously the clan chiefs know, but I don't. I'm sure that information isn't being passed around. It's just a thing that we know. Right. Yeah. And Rain says something that's kind of interesting too. He's talking about why they're nomadic, and he says, "Where men have built ten houses together, there is the potential for violence. Since the breaking, the Tuathan have known this." And that made me wonder if maybe that's why the Aiel never built cities, too. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's a, an Aiel thing from, from way back. Mm-hmm. Might be. Uh, I don't think the Aiel are nomadic, though. The Aiel have their holds. They just don't build big cities. Yeah. It was, it was just kind of a throwaway thought. Yeah. It's interesting. They're a lot more similar than they seemed at the beginning of this series. Yep. And uh, in addition to Perrin knowing these, these tinkers, he does the two off on greeting like perfectly, and everyone looks at him like... <gasps> And he just like plays it off like it's no big deal. That's it's like, right. Yeah, I speak Tinker, whatever. The legend of Perrin Golden Eyes. I know. Perrin's <laughs> like whispering, did you see that? He's like, <laughs> great. And yeah. he's been gone for like a year. <laughs> so like he's been through a lot of shit apparently. Yeah, right? But Rain doesn't remember him until he sees his eyes and then he's like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think maybe Ryan just meets a lot of people. You know, they maybe. travel around a lot. Makes mm-hmm. sense. But also maybe Perrin has changed quite a bit. Yes, He, he has probably. a beard now. He does have a beard now. <laughs> so they, yeah, they take him in. They they tend all their wounds, and the the farm boys have like a really big old time with the Tuatha on and their dancing ladies uh, during the night. Which I was kind of surprised that none of these farm boys uh, stayed with the Tuatha. I thought this was actually the, I thought that might be the direction they were going with it because there's I think at one point one of the I think it's band says something like. Oh, you know, we could, if we, it could be like this all the time, or like, you know, I, 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 I could, what is it, like, I could never get my fill of this or something like that. I was like, this kid wants to join them, you know? Yeah. Top or end, man, though, they gotta follow Perrin. That's right. And, and, you know, their hometown is being threatened. I think that they have a pretty, a pretty solid motivation to, to keep doing what they're doing, mm-hmm. having now seen uh, Inside of a Trollocs cook pot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pretty yeah. fucked up. So they, Perrin gets a, uh, his wound tended. There's still an arrow in it. They can't take it out because of the barbs. In Ryan's own tent mm-hmm. by Ila and Fail. And uh, during this scene, they finally talk to each other, right? They have a conversation. And we find out that, that uh, Fail is a lady, right? <gasps> yeah, her, her father is Davram Bashir, who is uncle of the queen of Saldea, a pretty high lord, so she's a, a pretty serious lady. Yeah, she's like a cousin to the queen or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and she's all like, I didn't lie, you know, my dad does, you know, sell ice peppers because, you know, people on the lands that he owns sells those, and <laughs> people stewards. on the land yeah. he owns yeah, sell sheep and stuff, you know, I didn't exactly lie, mm-hmm. but she exactly lied. She super lied. But Perrin comes clean with her about the wolves, too, finally. And she's really cool about it. In fact, she's like, I think my dad would be like down with that because he said our, our bloodline's getting too weak. He'll probably really like that you're this wolf lord and <laughs> the king of wolves or something like that. It's, I actually like the bit about her mother. She's like, my mother wanted me to marry a king who cuts Trollocs in two. 
Uh, and you do cut Trollocs in Tool, but not exactly a king. Can I call you a wolf king to my mother? <laughs> <laughs> but I was just, I cannot believe it took them as long as it did to finally have this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they have been kind of busy. Yeah, but this is like the most basic, like, second date conversation. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. But most, so, what's you your keep, family like? You have to keep in mind that, like, 80% of their travel time, they've been fucking shitty to each other. So they're hardly talking, you know? That's sure. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. But she, but she very, but it was, it was very obvious how she, she never asked him about his eyes or anything like that. And that's just so weird. I think it's something that he, okay. If I were to be generous, I would say that she knew that it was something he was uncomfortable about Mm -hmm. and she didn't want to make him uncomfortable and she wanted to like give him, but give him time to like tell her if, and I think she, she probably wouldn't have brought it up right now if he hadn't been kind of directly questioning her past. And she's like, well, then let's talk about this, you know? Well, and I wonder too, if, cause they do have this unhealthy dynamic, I'm going to call it that. And I wonder if it's easier for her to open up because he is very vulnerable physically right now. It might be. This is the, the time that she's, she feels in control of the situation because he's physically yeah. weak. Yeah, because she's only ever nice to him when he's vulnerable, when he's hurt, when he finds out that his family's dead. That's the only time she's not a bitch. Mm-hmm. Obviously not on Team Fail. <laughs> Indeed. But Fayol's parents sound pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> they're really great. Yeah, her, her whole backstory is that she's the daughter of this uh, general. He's, he's a general. Yeah. Uh, of the of Saldea, and her older brothers died, so she had to take over the estates. But she didn't want to do that, so she just ran away and became a hunter of the horn. Yeah. En, en route to doing which, she met Perrin, and now she's involved in this craft. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh this, this really cracks me up, though, the way he finally figures it out. She says, um, Perrin, my father says a general can take care of the living or reap for the dead, but he cannot do both. And then she says, another thing my father says, the worst sin a general can commit is to desert the men who depend on him. And she finally says, who's your dad? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, my merchant dad. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Crap. Yeah. He, uh, he trades generals. He knows a lot about him. A general trader. <laughs> Right, yeah. This, so, is, this but, is good. I think this is really interesting. I like Fahil's family. Um, and so, I like that Perrin... I think Perrin has kind of opened up to himself a little bit by telling this to another person. Mm. I think so, too. Uh, so, so just to be clear, Saldia is one of the borderlands, right? Like, that's up north, like, yeah. along yes. the, the border of the, the Blight. So, that's right. So they're like... They're kind of like the... Um, the Shinarans, though. They are. It's They're the like badass type warrior type folks. Fight Trollocs all day. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. It's not actually that far from um, uh, the Emmons Field area. Isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's just north. Oh, okay. Interesting, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, I think that it's hard to tell from the map. I think that's still pretty far in terms of you know, geographical sure. terms. But yeah, relatively speaking, it's not on the other side it's of the map. It's not very far by Waygate if you're willing to take that... 2% chance that your soul gets eaten by much in shin. <laughs> That's true. Roll those dice. It's interesting, too, the way they describe Saldians. They have what they, they he says that they've got tilted eyes and, like, sharp, well-formed noses. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got another, uh, <laughs> another like, Perrin one-liner. When Aram comes to the, the, the wagon and, you know, Perrin tells him off, uh, Perrin says, he smiles too much. I cannot abide by a man who smiles too much. He's just like, he's got all gritty. He's just like, yeah. Like, really? Really, dude? <laughs> so just to, just to like sum it up, 
Perrin, Golden Eyes, Wolf King, Trolloc Hunter is his full title now. <laughs> yeah, right. I'd watch that show. Yeah. I know, <laughs> right? So, chapter 42, A Missing Leaf. Icon of the wolf. Because it's a wolf dream. Perrin wolf is sleeping dreams. under the influence of drugs. And he explores a bunch of places in the wolf dream, and he sees that the waygate has been opened again. After they locked it. And... He has a duel, basically, with Slayer around this waygate. Yeah. It's like an archer duel, because they can, they can both move around really fast in the dream. He does a little dream hunting of his own. He's like dream hunting Slayer. Yeah, he, like, he loops around to try and come up where Slayer tried to shoot him from. And he's like, no, 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 that's what he wants me to do. And then he loops around again to where you would be if you wanted to shoot somebody who came to that spot where Slayer tried to shoot. <laughs> I mean, like, that's a little bit of a stretch. I think there'd be lots of places. But yeah, I mean, it works. Whatever. Yeah, it worked. He's playing, like, some 3D chess there or something. And he chases Slayer for a while, uh, after Slayer chased him for a while, and eventually they have a bit of a conversation in the woods. And Slayer says the Trollocs were here to find the Renegade, whoever that is. I'm guessing but, that's Fane, right? Yeah, like, I think it's Fane. Yeah. Uh, but now they're after him because he's Perrin Golden Eyes. Mm-hmm. And he calls him Golden Eyes. Even his enemies call him Golden Eyes. <laughs> super cool. Wait where, did, wait, where did he learn that he's called Golden Eyes? It's a good question. Oh, shit. Yeah. Hmm. I yeah. like how his dream ends in sexy times. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yep. He's like, oh man, this is. I'm going to lose this duel. So I, he just heads off into a real dream. Which is a great decision. Like, he, he should not be dueling the Slayer. This is a bad idea. Yeah, right. so. yeah. And Fael's there. So, yeah, right. Fael, she's nipping his beard with small white teeth. Yeah. I didn't uh, know that was a thing to, like, nibble a dude's beard. It is oh, not. Try it. Oh. Okay. Is it? <laughs> just, just bring it on him. <laughs> He's going to love it. <laughs> I feel like you're not giving me the best advice right now. No, no. Trust me. Okay. It's going to be great. All right. If you could, just record the reaction. <laughs> so, dream over. Perrin wakes up, and he's still got an arrow through him, because there's no ice that I around. Yeah. And there's this uh, sad parting with the Tinkers. He can't get them to come with him to Emmons Field. Mm-hmm. There's a lot like, of danger. Yeah, no, 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 we'll just keep moving. That's what we do. Yeah, they're not just pacifists, they're fatalists, which is not a great thing to be in two rivers. Yeah, and it, it, I, this is the point where I thought some of the boys were going to stay with them, but uh, they don't, because they're staying with Perrin Golden Eyes. And I, I like the little thing that, <laughs> that uh, Robert Jordan does where he, he says, he's like, I expected Will to kiss a few of those girls, but, but Ban did. Him with the nose. <laughs> Man, and his nose. Yeah, you know, he keeps <laughs> mentioning the nose. This guy's nose must be, I think, noteworthy at least. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. So they head out from the traveling folk, and uh, there's a, a little bit of drama between Gaul and Chiad, which I don't really understand. I don't understand what... I think that... Okay. I, I, I was trying to kind of piece this together. I think that there's like a... A romance building here or something. I think that's what they're trying to say. Yeah. Because because Perrin mentions, oh, uh, she wanted to play Maiden's Kiss with you, and he said, wait, which one? And he, he says Chiadi's like, oh, I see, and he goes and walks with him. So <laughs> I'm guessing that even though that they're that this is like a star-crossed lovers thing, even though they're from feuding clans, they're starting to like make eyes at each other. I guess yeah. they're flirting. I don't know. I something mean, something like that. It's, it's kind of clumsy. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, we get a little bit of information about dances. Oh, gosh. Which I, I just was thinking the whole time, Alice must be loving this. <laughs> <laughs> her, her, her magic scarf dance or whatever. Yeah. Fan dance. The Cesara. Yeah, we find out that the, the Tinker sexy dance is the Tinganza. Yeah, which I think is basically just like belly dancing. Yeah, but mm-hmm. the, the Saldean dance 
that Fahil says she'll dance for parents someday as the Sasara. Which I assume is they're just like twerking, right? You <laughs> <laughs> put your butt in your face and you move your butt. Yeah. <laughs> just clap your butt cheeks. <laughs> Case, clap your breasts together. Right, right, right. <laughs> smack, 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 smack. You pick your asset and then you clap the parts together. <laughs> Whatever your your best feature is, I guess. Uh, yeah, and it's it's I guess it's scandalous that for her to be talking about the Sasara. Yeah. How sexy can a dance be? I know. I, I I feel like he's really playing this dance up, and I'm just thinking. Like, this is going to be disappointing. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, like, I've seen belly dancing, I've seen strippers, and I've seen the pinnacle of sexy dancing, which is Channing Tatum. Oh, yeah. And Magic mm. Mike. Yeah, so. That's a, so, so maybe she's going to transform into... Channing, Channing Tatum. Tatum. Yeah. <laughs> I assume it's just a blowjob. That's like, this is, sorry, it's just a blowjob. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> You're going to love this dance. I do it's actually the, name, the name is something else, but it just comes out Cesar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's all I can figure. I don't know. Men have thrown their hearts and fortunes at the feet of women who have danced the Sasara. <laughs> and you know, Perrin, like, Perrin's pretty baller here. Yeah, oh, he has such a good response. He's super charming. Like this, they're actually being sweet to each other. So you know, if this keeps up, maybe I can like forgive yeah, him for all as, the. As bullshit. long as Perrin has a mortal wound, <laughs> this I, relationship really works. I have to read his response. He says, "Then there isn't any reason for you to dance it." He said quietly, "My heart and fortune, such as they are, already lie at your feet." Boom! <laughs> yeah, someone, I mean, it's probably getting late. I don't know if they're fucking or not. Golden eyes and silver tongues? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they all uh, march back to Emmons Field and they sing. They sing a war song because that's what they are. They're a war party. And they and uh, it's an old uh, Manetherin war song, right? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Which is uh, pretty cool. I, I like this. I like this. These, they're transforming into a, a real kind of military group here. And it's unusual, too. We don't get very many songs out of Robert Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. We don't get the words very often, and, mm-hmm. and this time we do. Yeah. yeah, occasionally he'll have one that Tom sings or something like that. But Yeah, they sing Coming Back from Tarwin's Gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Emmonsfield is totally changed now. It's fortified. They've, they've cut away all the trees near the town, and they've built palisades of, of spikes. Catapults. And catapults. I know. I was like, really? <laughs> Which, right. you know, like, sharp sticks is level one fortification. Catapults has got to be, like, level ten fortification. I, I know. That, that's, like, a big jump up there. <laughs> like, I, I was wondering, so how effective are catapults against infantry? Uh, they are effective in a siege because you can just keep shooting them all day and night, and they're, it's like a moral weapon. Yeah. Like, one of them, one of those stones lands in your unit, and it squashes... 12 of your buddies, it scares the crap out of you. But these are small stones, like stones the size of a human head. So they roll. Like. Oh, I yeah, got they, you. They, if everybody's in formation or, or in a horde like the Trollocs are, it's, it's effective. Okay. But Varen is there, and we're still kind of on the fence about whether or not she has good intentions towards Perrin or not. Yeah. I, I like her, though. Like, every time Varen does one of her, like, lucid moments where she says something, like, clever or, like, pointed, it's like, oh, man, Varen, you're so cool. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, in this above this city flies the wolf's head banner of Perrin Golden Eyes. Yep. She's like, oh, I just let drop the Trollocs hate wolves. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So this is Varen's doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, but this is cool, right? And they're all chanting Perrin Golden Eyes, and Perrin's like, come on, I, these people all know me, right? I've been away for a, a year. Yeah. <laughs> but it's curious. Why did Varen do this? Her her explanation is people need symbols. Yeah. But is that 
it? Really? She just did that to motivate the Emmons Field people? Maybe not motivate, but to unite, I think. I think that having a a banner they can unite under is is probably important for this. This is exactly the kind of thing that Moraine has been doing to Rand the whole time. Yeah, and now it's happening to Perrin. And my question is, why does Varen care? Her motivations are unclear, but she's... In in this case, it could be as simple as she doesn't like Trollocs, and she wants to help these people fight off the Trollocs. Perhaps. But she doesn't say that. Yeah. Well, and she's only there because she just happened to be there searching for more girls who could channel. Well, that's what she says, but Perrin, I think, says something like, Why are you really here, Varen? Mm -hmm. And she's just kind of, you know, blows them off. off. It is not clear right now. Yeah, and I I like the point that Fail made that... Emmonsfield is technically part of Andor, and monarchs don't take it kindly when you start raising banners over their cities. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. <laughs> and Perrin's like, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think Perrin is about to go get healed, finally. Mm-hmm. Finally. He's been riding around with like an arrow in his side, but you know, I'm not going to hold on to the saddle. I'm going to ride. But it's been so good for his relationship. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. true. She's being so nice to me. Do you have to heal me right Just now? Just leave it in. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, this, this arrow in my side is, is preferable to the way my relationship is. <laughs> They're probably going to have one of those fucked up relationships where like one of them poisons the other one so that they can just take care of them. Oh my God, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and by one of them, I mean Fael would poison. <laughs> it's true. Yep. So that's it for this episode. Next time we're going to cover chapters 43 through 46 of The Shadow Rising. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan. I'm Mike Spartan. I don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We would love to hear from you. Please share us on social media if you have that. Please give us good reviews on whatever service you got this from. Please check out our website at thedragonreread.com. And, and uh, please, please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash club. Uh, even a dollar will help us keep doing this, and uh, it'll be really great for us. And uh, please like us in real life. We're super likable. <laughs> Until next time. The, the light, light illumine you. you.